Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. It is 134 in Edmonton. We're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and be joined by our NHL insider, John Shannon, for legacy heating and cooling. Pay no overtime rates on their 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Hello, John. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. James Myrtle with a piece today about Zach Hyman, basically inferring it doesn't look good for the Leafs to... Uh, keep Hyman. What's your take on the situation involving Hyman in Toronto? Uh, well, I'm led to believe uh, and this is separate from what the James article is, I'm led to believe there have not been any substantial negotiations all season long between the two sides when they could occur. What's very interesting about this one is uh, Zach's agent is a gentleman named Todd Reynolds. Uh, when Kyle Dubas uh, got into the agent business because he was an agent before he was the general manager in Sault Ste. Marie. He worked for a gentleman named Todd Reynolds, uh, and I think that I, I think there might be a little bit of noses out of joint uh, that that such a strong relationship between uh, Hyman uh, and the and the Maple Leafs, Reynolds and Dubas has not come with any results of a, at least a serious contract offer. At least that's what I'm led to believe. John, is part of the problem that Toronto's got $40 million tied up in four forwards already? I, I, I might have something to do with it. The other thing is, Bob, it's um, when those deals were done, let's face it, there was this we, we were not supposed to be in a, a flat cap world. You know, before Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander were signed, even on this show, we were talking about the expectation of the of the salary cap surpassing 90 million and going close to 100 million in the next two or three years. Well, that's two years ago, and we're not going to. I don't think we're going to have movement in the cap for three more years, Bob. So. This has really forced a uh, what I would describe as a sobriety test for every club, every general manager, every agent, every player and his wife to understand where the business of hockey is right now. It's interesting. We had Brian Lawton on in the previous hour, and he talked about the fact it's not all a pandemic. Part of it has to do with the players' exasperation with escrow and how they just didn't want it, you know, an automatic 5% inflator being put in place either that it eventually was going to curtail 
uh, the amount of growth on the on the front, even if we were in regular times. It's an interesting perspective to have. Should the well, Edmonton? Well, I, I, I wasn't able to listen to Brian, but I mean, I, I I think the other issue that will rear its ugly head in the last three years of this. Well, now what's now a six-year extension? Uh, I, I think that I think what's going to rear its ugly head is that there are players that are not in the National Hockey League yet that are still playing junior hockey or college hockey or overseas that are going to end up paying for the issues of this flat cap and the players of this generation getting that 10% escrow deal done. Because the, the owners are going to get their money in the end. This is the, this is one of the things that was discussed during or before before the bubble started and the and the contract to the CBA was extended. That the owners were eventually going to break even. It's going to take them six years to break even, but they're going to eventually break even, which means escrow in those last two or three years, Bob. Wow. Is going to be phenomenally high, and there are players like Connor Bedard, who's not in the National Hockey League, that he's going to end up paying for that. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, one. Bedard, by the way, uh, we're, we're going to see him in Edmonton next year because it's it's going to be the Eastern Conference against the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference versus the West in the WHL. are going to limit uh, some of the travel that's occurred in the past as they try to get back up and running. John Shannon, our NHL insider. John, should the Edmonton Oilers be interested in Zach Hyman? In my opinion, absolutely yes. Uh, I think that he's the perfect player. Uh, for uh, this organization, a guy who has some skill, has tremendous work ethic, understands a role in the game, and wouldn't he be perfect to be along the left side with Connor McDavid? Mike Babcock got that one right on Hyman, didn't he? He took a lot of criticism. Yep, he did. He did. He did. You're right. You know, and I was one of those guys that criticized what Mike did a lot in Toronto, and rightly so. I think he did a lot of things stupid. But one of them was not Zach Hyman. Um, you, you know, I, I was. By the way, he he what he did with Zach Hyman, he would not do with Connor Brown in Toronto. Connor Brown would has become a, a such a valuable player for the Ottawa Senators. We saw what he did at the World Hockey Championships uh, on that line with the Man Japani and. Uh, and uh, Adam Henrique, Connor Brown is one of those work ethic guys too, and and Connor Brown is going to end up being, uh, I, I think, such a leader for Ottawa in the next three or four years that that's, he's going to be a difference maker. Zach Hyman will do that with any team he plays for if it's not the Maple Leafs. Are you surprised or concerned at all that the Nugent Hopkins situation is not consummated yet, or should we read anything into it at this stage? Uh, I'm not. Su- I'm not surprised yet. I, 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 you know, you know, we we have to remember where the calendar is right now. You know, this is the time of year, and it's almost it's almost like a biological clock, Bob. Yeah. You know, this is this is usually a draft week, or preparing for the draft. This is usually a week after the combine. But we're still in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Things have been things have been shifted six weeks. I think that, and I think that that's. I think the managers are still weighing that. You know, this is uh, this is the week that the the Oilers are doing their pro meetings. 
to, to discuss where they need to be and what they need to do. Uh, where that would have occurred the last week of May in, in most years. So it, the timetable has been uh, run amok a little bit. So I think we're probably looking at the, and uh, imagining it happening at, at the normal time, but it probably will happen maybe the first week in July. We're joined by John Shannon. So, John, forget the money, forget the term. I'm going to give you three left wings or a D option for someone else you can throw out there. Would you rather have Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, Taylor Hall, or D other? I've only got three players you're giving me? Unless you can come up with a fourth one. I'm gonna. I, I'll tell you what. I, I'm gonna take Hyman um, because I, I think Zach fills a, a different role than both of the other two guys, uh, and I think he fills something that is in dire need with the Edmonton Oilers. And and by the way, if you gave me a second pick, I'm gonna take Nugent Hopkins over Taylor Hall because I think that Ryan's versatility puts him in much, in a much better position than Taylor Hall. Interesting. Seattle expansion. And I know, I know, and I know you disagree with me. Oh, well, no, no. I, you know what? Given which player is here right now, my preference would be that Nugent Hopkins get resigned. Given who's here right now, uh, you know, that, that's my. I just, I, yeah. I, my, my part. Well, we're 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 not including money, John, and we're not including term, and that's the other part of that's that's the other part of the equation. I still look. I think Hall's a hell of a player. I like Hyman too. Uh, you know, I I know this, John. They got to get one of those three guys. You know what I'm mean? and and Boston's going to have the first chance at at, at Hall. Toronto's going to have the first chance at Hyman, and the Oilers are going to have the first chance on Nugent Hopkins. Let me put it this way, uh, and, and, uh, this, and I know there's going to be some other fans not happy with me. I, I'm going to take the other before I take Taylor Hall. Yeah, you've uh, you've certainly indicated that in the past before as well. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. This is uh, this is not a surprise. John Shannon joining us, our NHL insider Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. The Tampa Bay Lightning and their ninety-eight million dollar cap, according to Dougie Hamilton. We know there's going to be the uh, well. I, I I don't even know if we can use the term anymore, but a come to Jesus moment for Tampa Bay, a day of reckoning on the cap front because they're already over for next year. A lot of people, John, think that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to have to lose three of four players. Obviously, they'll be moving out Tyler Johnson. That's a given. Uh, and then yep. there's Yanni, Yanni Gord, Andre Pilat, and Alex Kalorn. How much interest around the league would there be on Alex Kalorn? Oh, my goodness. I, I You know, I we've touched on this before. I, 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 you know, I'm, I almost... Uh, want to create a second award for the playoffs, Bob. And that second award is the unsung most valuable player. I just think uh, Alex Kalorn, uh, you know, does so many things well. I, you know, he to me, in many ways, how physical he can be. He has better hands, for instance, I think, than Zach Hyman does. Uh, I think that he fits a budget very well. This guy is the consummate team player. You know, when you look back at, at great teams of previous years, uh, Oilers, Islanders, Montreal, 
Montreal of the 60s, maybe even the Maple Leafs of the 60s, there's always that second tier of star that makes a difference. The depth players. For the Islanders, for me, it was a guy like Bob Bourne, Bob Nystrom, those types of guys. That's what Alex Kalorn is. He is, he's right up there in that ilk of a hockey player. He will help any team, any team that go where he goes to make a difference. Um, you know, and I would, I would, I would think that Julian Brisebois and John Cooper, if they sat down and said, who's the one guy we, of that group, who's the one guy we can ill afford to lose? And I think Kalorn would be at the top of the list. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see how Tampa Bay extricates themselves out of some of the challenges because, as you know, Jerry Johansson's sitting there. He's got Braden Point, and Point already took a bridge deal, and he's going to get paid in that next deal, isn't he? Uh, Braden Point, uh, you know, does not need to go and buy a Lotto Max ticket. You know, I think he will. He, he has his performance every year makes sure that he wins the lottery. I mean, he's a, he's just a remarkable, remarkable hockey player. And again, give you know, give Al Murray, Steve Eiserman, Breezebaugh credit for drafting someone that a lot of teams thought was undersized. But the game has changed, and and Braden Point is a superstar in the National Hockey League. And he's uh, finishing up a six point seven five million dollar deal here. Um, he is, I mean, you got to figure it. We're talking nine and a half. Now, how much of an advantage do they have because of the tax situation there, John? We've already seen this coming to fruition with Steven Stamkos. Could that possibly keep points number below nine million per year? Uh, I, I think it would. I think the other optic, the optical thing there, Bob, is the, how can you give point more than you give Stamkos? And I don't, the answer is I don't think you can. And I think that we see, we, again, this is another historical thing. How can you pay Braden Point more than you pay Steven Stamkos? And I think that if Jerry's sitting there across from Brisebois and Jeff Finnick, the owner, they're saying, well, listen, here's the number. And they say, well, you know, it's, we can get that, we can do better elsewhere. Sure you can, but we can't pay you more than we're paying Steven Stamkos, the captain and the franchise player on this hockey club. Yeah, just so the listeners are aware, Braden Point's deal is up not this summer, but next summer. Next uh, summer, yeah. Yep, three-year deal at $6.75 million right now. Stamkos is making 8.5. Kucherov is making 9.5. Uh, those three guys played together in 18-19 when the team won 62 games. They all had 90-plus points. They combined for five playoff points in that opening series round loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, John, uh, sorry, I interrupted you. Did you want to jump in there on something? No, go ahead. Keep going, Bob. You're doing a good job. Uh, well, some days that happens. Uh, here we go. Uh, I I know you had uh, John Davidson on. What's going? What do you think happens with Seth Jones? Is there any worry that you know the? I I always thought John Davidson was a real good guy who's really smooth. Is there any way that? Is there any way they can salvage that scenario for Seth Jones to stay in Columbus? I think it's going to be difficult for them. I think I do think that they are going to try to do that. Um, you know, I, I think that I think that if they realize, I think the lessons learned of the uh, of the the Bobrovsky deal, the Panarin deal, that if they know by the first of September nothing can be done, it would not be surprised to see him moved. Um, so I I do think that if he's in camp. 
uh, although it's not really a deadline, if he's in camp in September with that club, uh, that means he's staying for good. That that's that's just my gut, and based on what uh, what John told us on the uh, on the podcast. So from from that perspective, I think they're hopeful that they can make it more attractive for him. Um, but if they can't make it attractive for him, they're going to have a real issue with trying to sell tickets in Columbus. Elvis Merzlikens, do they move him for some scoring? Maybe Buffalo for a guy like Reinhardt? Does that make sense? Yeah, although and I, and I'm amazed. You and I have talked about this before. Um, I, I, I know I know they're having issues in Buffalo, but aren't they going to have to keep some people to play the game? Yeah, you know we all you know all the stories about Jack Eichel appear to be true that you know that he's on the way out. Well, that's one guy, but Sam Reinhardt has been a, a really good player for them, and particularly in the Don Granado time behind the bench. I thought Sam Reinhardt played some pretty good hockey. Somebody's going to have to stay there. Somebody's going to have to put the puck in the net. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure why Sam Reinhardt would be there unless he wants out personally, and they're trying to accommodate. You know, this is this goes to I think a bigger issue in in uh, a much bigger issue in Buffalo. Uh, Kevin Adams is not that experienced as a manager. We know he's looking for a senior advisor to to go in there and help consult, not necessarily a, a president of hockey operations, but someone that has some experience in the NHL and that Kevin can lean on and and uh, use as a, a sobering second thought. Uh, so to me, I, I, I've never understood the Reinhardt thing unless Sam and his people want out. Any chance to see uh, Seattle crack and move the number two overall pick? No. No? That's not the way. No, Ron Francis would never do that. That's not the way... That's not the way you build a franchise. You know, this goes to, I mean, how many years do you think, and I'm asking you, Bob, how many years do you think the people in Seattle get what I would describe as a free ride from their fans? Is it three, two seasons? Is it three seasons? Three to four. Well, then why would you give away such a valuable commodity as a first-round pick at all? knowing full well you're going to have a chance to develop this young guy and by the time he's 20 he's on your team and then he becomes the face of the franchise by the time he's 22 why would you take that risk that, that good teams very very few teams trade their first round picks and become long-term contenders in a work build through the draft is the best way to go there's no question about that now, John, Vegas had three first-round picks. They weren't a number two overall pick, but they moved Suzuki to the Canadians with Tatar and another pick for Pacioretty. Yep. Uh, and then they moved, uh, what's-his-face, Brandstrom plus-plus to Ottawa for Mark Stone. So there's, there's a team always that... an exception. There's always an exception to a rule. Yep. Vegas, Vegas... Vegas for four years, Bob. Vegas has defied every logical rule in hockey. You know that as well as I do. I do. Um, you know, and I, I, I listen. I also think that they've started again. What year are they in? They're in year four, and now they're seeing some of their own young guys come back and be. You know, look at Nicholas Haig. Look what he's done. Guys that they've drafted have come and started to be part of the franchise, and we're going to start to see more Vegas draft picks. 
uh, be much more available to them in the next two or three years that I think are much more valuable. Yeah, uh, Cody Glass obviously is still with their organization. Sure. So they're, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. John, as always, appreciate your time. All right, well, I think that uh, Vegas goes up for 2 nothing tonight, so maybe it could be a sweep there, you know, Bob. could be a sweep. they got a deep team, and the Canadians aren't at 100%. Could happen. And Carey can stop. And Carey can stop the puck, but he can't score it. That's a problem as well. That is John. Sh- that's John Shannon. John, thanks again. Uh, John okay, joins well. us. Yeah, he joins us every Monday and Wednesday uh, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Pay no overtime rates on their 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. It is Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 plus years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel, Dennis and Jason Laliberti, and we'll have news on a quick little junket that you can get involved with in the fall on tomorrow's show. Going back to 1993, here's Brendan Escott. Mm-hmm. The Oilers uh, trade 1990 Cup winner Peter Klima to the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Tampa's third rounder in the 1994 entry draft. Uh, the pick turned into Edmonton-born Brad Symes, uh, the late Brad Symes, in fact, who never made it to the NHL officially, but uh, was a, a pretty tough player in Portland. Yeah, absolutely. Passed away a few years ago. All right. Um, we've got Reed Wilkins with Inside Sports tonight from 6 to 7 p.m. Is he giving, is it a fluid show or is he giving you a little bit of insight into who he's got rolling with tonight? No, actually a few things going on here. You've got uh, Edmonton Elks running back James Wilder Jr., uh, U of A Golden Bears basketball coach Barnaby Craddock on Edmonton being named host for the 2022 U-Sports National Basketball uh, Final 8 next spring. It's a fun event, Bob. I happened to catch it down at uh, UBC in 2016. An you absolute blast. That? Yeah, you, you betcha. TRU made the tournament, so the only time in its history. So we took a fan bus down. Bears of uh, by hosting the tournament this year, U of A basketball program uh, it will be five consecutive years in a row that they'll be at the national championship. Uh, I was the SID at the U of A from 2000 2008. Uh, Don Horwood led the Golden Bears to back-to-back national championships in 1994-95. They had guys like Murray Cunningham and Greg DeVries on that team. Uh, and then they won again in 2002. Uh, Stephen Parker was on that team, uh, had a tremendous uh, championship, as well as a, a, a one-year wonder at the U of A, but a great player by the name of Robbie Velpreda. A.J. Jackbeck actually worked for me at the time, and uh, we sent him down there to do uh, the play-by-play uh, of the Golden Bears in that national championship that year in Halifax. So yeah, Reed Wilkins tonight, 6-7, to seven, and then Game 2 between the Canadians and the Golden Knights in Vegas uh, after the 7 o'clock news tonight. Tomorrow, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeRusk for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, Kevin Weeks. Edmonton sporting icon, former NHL heavyweight champion, George LaRock. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. And then 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jaylen Knight. Thank you to all of you who took time to participate in the interactive aspects of the show that reached out to us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.